2: Welcome to it. It's a road show Thursday. We're here at the Single Barrel, 9th and P, inside the Graduate, downtown Lincoln. A trifecta of road shows here as we get you into Nebraska, Michigan. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, or powered by your friends at Herd at Sports, 489-1240, 489-1240. We're down here at uh, the Single Barrel till 6 o'clock today. And uh, we are excited. Plenty of news to get into with Nebraska and the surgery that will be happening at South Stadium. There's a loud rejoice for many Nebraska fans. We'll dive into that and the job Trev and company are taking on for you, the fan. Uh, Stand up and clap. Uh, 18 months till this thing gets going. But it's uh, within the, the long-term, big-picture outlook of Nebraska football and uh, athletics. So we'll get there. We'll talk more Nebraska-Michigan. Brandon Vogel is going to be with us from Counter-Read in about 15 minutes. In hour two, Gary Barnett. We'll talk option and how the option can work against Michigan and just his thoughts on the college football weekend schedule. And then Bill Bender with the Sporting News. He'll join us in hour two. You can email the show, Chris, at Hailvarsity.com and also 800-825-5865. The stream is open, and uh, you're welcome to, to watch the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Check that out, or the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. So, Elijah, let me ask you this. Have you done or do you know anybody that is built for demolition work? Construction, armed forces. I mean, either pick pick your poison here. Have, have you done any demo work? You've I've, I've demoed dim- a, a house. So, so you've you've so you've done the demo work yourself. You've grabbed the the gloves. You've grabbed the sledgehammer. You mm. put the goggles on crowbar. You got out. You got out your 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 shirt your your sleeveless Guns and Roses or dare I say Pearl Jam T shirt and you just went to work with some ripped jeans.
3: Yeah, no, uh, so this would have been, uh, let's see, I guess I've, I've technically done demo twice. The first time around I was going into fourth grade, so I wasn't old enough to actually do all that much. The second time I was... You just you just helped. Yeah, the the second time was seventh grade, in which case I had a lot more work to do. I, apparently once you turn 12, you're old enough to, to do that sort of thing now. I'm not sure the difference is between 12 and <laughs> nine, but
2: alas, uh, at age 12, you, um, your bench press—that's well, the difference. Well, we we
3: moved into uh, a, a new house, and we were actually stuck living in the attic for a couple of months while we demoed downstairs. So it'd be like, wake wow. wake up in the attic, have your microwave meal, head off to school, uh, and then come back home and all evening it's either, it's working on homework and it's demo in the house, and then uh, we're gonna get it uh gonna get it done that way. So it's a couple months of that and. Uh, Was it fun? Was the incredibly demo part fun, fun. Incredibly fun. Do you know how much fun it is to take a crowbar and just jam it into a wall slamming, and just try, try yeah. to like tear holes out of it? Because there's an old house in Central Lincoln, and all the walls are lath and plaster, which I'm not sure if you know about. It's like the old Tom and Jerry. What's the little slats of wood, and they plaster over it, and that's like the old version of drywall. So we removed that out of the entire first floor to get in new drywall and new insulation to help with some of the heating and cooling costs. And I cannot remember. Maybe my dad will text me if he's listening how many tons of lath and plaster we hauled out of that thing because it was like tearing it out, and then me and my brother were the ones that would take this trash can full of lath and plaster and carry it out to the dumpster out front and dump it up over the walls of the the dumpster. We were like the muscle of seventh graders of like, yeah, we we don't trust you to do any technical work, but you guys can be muscle. So we did a whole bunch of that. Unfortunately, we didn't get any explosives like they're going to have at South Stadium. That would have made the job a lot more fun.
2: Well, right. I mean, because you're going to... You're going to bring this puppy down. And South Stadium was built up in 64, uh, re-upped in 72, and then has existed the way it's been for quite a while. It's it's the last domino to, to fall with this con- complete revamp of, of Memorial Stadium in in 98 you had the west stadium go up in the early 2000s you had north stadium get their facelift and then a little bit later on the east stadium got built up and it's incredible it's immaculate it's a a symbol of the state all right folks come from far and near to go check out football on saturdays there's been better football uh some some years than others and You've got Michigan coming to the town, and it's something that I want to ask this question. Would you be the guy or be the gal to push the button, to bring it all down? Would you enter a contest? Would you make a sizable donation? Would you pool all of your neighbors together and say, here's X thousands of dollars I want to hit the button. I want to pull the switch. I want this thing to go down. And listen, growing up, we had seats. My dad was great with his timing. And during the Danny Knee era, we had Section B seats, kind of caddy corner to the court. It was wonderful. During the 60-3 and 3 era, really before that, from about 1991 through ninety ninety eight, my father had season tickets in the west balcony so that's that's where we got to sit and this is before all the the improvements in the facelifting started so i remember as a kid going to the first night game i ever got to see which was washington national championship washington steve etman mark brunel it was it was incredible but you had to wind through a lot of 1924 <laughs> to, to, to get up there There was no escalator There was no elevator There was just a fat kid with asthma uh, Trucking behind mom, dad and, and my little brother So that was interesting But it was worth it Even though Nebraska lost I remember freezing my butt off The, the, the one time I had great, great, great seats in, in South Stadium And it was the 1990 Colorado game Nebraska lost that in the fourth quarter. And then also uh, the last time I got to go to a game with my dad and, and cousin Dino all together. This was back in 2008. We were, uh, if, you, if you're staring at South Stadium, as you fan out, there's those slices. They're almost like pizza slices before you get to west and before you get to east. Kind of that angled spot, okay. That's where we all got to sit together and and watch Bo lose it on the sideline and Sue get a penalty, <laughs> okay. Uh, Tyrod Taylor uh, in in two thousand eight. So I have fond memories of of South Stadium, but I was never dealing with a kid or or was a, a problem air quote child. To be, you know, tugging on my dad's shirt or mom's shirt, saying, "I need a, I need a runza, I need a hot dog." I was kind of there to watch the game, and we were lucky too, because when folks would bring uh, that that Coca Cola up, we were we were within i, you know, sight line to get fed and watered enough. But that wasn't what what I was about. I wanted to watch football and. And, and hang out with family well, so that, that's that's the big problem I, south I, don't, stadium. I, I don't i don't have bad experiences of south stadium but i've not i've been there like three times in my life i you you can we can line up phone calls and and stream yard inputs about horror stories from south stadium because that's the response isn't it elijah that's that's what this reaction is about uh detonating south stadium it's Hey, thanks for the memories, and thank God. I mean, that's that's it. It's time to go, and it's time to build up, and it's something as simple as construction. Yeah, ooh, woo but hey, it's it's another investment in Nebraska. The question is this, Elijah, what's Nebraska football look like in three years when this thing's done? What's the supply versus the demand? Yeah, that, that's a big question, but you kind of laid out
3: a couple of the, the reasons why. Quick story here. Okay, so the big problem that I saw with South Stadium, I caught my fair share of games in the student section there. And the big problem is not just student section, but anyone in South Stadium. There's no convenient concession stands. If you're 90 rows up, you got to go down 90 road rows. 90, Row 98. you got to go all the way down <laughs> to the bottom to get to your concessions or go to the bathroom or what have you. And if you're in the student section, like, good luck getting any of those people carrying around the, 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 the Pepsi or carrying around the runs or carrying the pizza to come to you because the student section was always a mess. And the, the greatest example of that is my buddy Robert. So I, I was watching a game with him. And here comes the runs a man coming by. And Robert was very hungry. Robert did not have any cash. So he's sitting there in the row negotiating – with the runza guy, like, hey, I have five dollars on this Raising Canes gift card. I'll give it to you if you give me the runza. <laughs> and the guy's like, I don't trying, believe you. There's trying no way. The barter. No, and he got he ended up getting the runza. He ended up trading a, a half-used gift card for a runza and it worked out. Like, that's the problem that those those poor individuals deal with when going to the student section. So there was never any good concessions for the student section. You have to walk all down all those stairs and down all the ramps to make it to a bathroom or to make it to a concession stand. You only have like two or three gates on that south side to, to make it into the stadium. you're always dealing with long lines. South Stadium, I have fond memories from my time in the student section there, the games I have caught there. But at the end of the day, it's time for modernization. There are some problems with this plan, which are going to come naturally. Trev kind of talked about some of those. It's going to be a real pain for everybody for one to two seasons as they build it. I think there's still some question marks about what this is going to look like in the end i was talking with yushuity before the show just about how generic these these renderings they've made of south stadium are there's no detail to them whatsoever they're all from a thousand feet in the air i think there's still some work that needs to be done but i think that that this is probably all things considered the right way to go about fixing some of the problems that naturally lie within south stadium i'm excited for it biggest question in my mind though is is how greatly does this benefit the student section in the long run? What is the plan for them in the short term? Whenever you turn down, tear down South Stadium, like what are you going to do with the what? student section for one to two seasons while there is no South Stadium there? Because the student section, it's what makes the Atmosphere Memorial Stadium. They're the ones who really. I know they don't pay the money, but they're the students that go there. They're the ones who deserve the seats the most, in my opinion. Maybe that just comes from somebody who graduated college most recently. But I think the student section, the student body at the University of Nebraska, it's what makes the university tick. They're the ones that deserve seats the most. What are you going to do with them while South Stadium gets torn down and and replaced? There's some questions, a lot of questions that remain to be seen with this project, but I think it is exciting with what the future can be 10 years from now with Memorial Stadium and Husker football.
2: Well, and, and listen, with this whole rebuild topic, you brought in a coach to do it. Brent chimes in. Eighty-five Florida State, McCathorn Clayton. He was nine, not McCathorn, but Brent. And uh, it was in the uh, the student section. I grew up a lot that day. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 means to me, you had some uh, a plastic bottle of McCormick's vodka near you, didn't you, Brent? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's not going to make as much noise and it could fall over and not break. Just he's, just say nine. That's, no, I'm not saying he snuck it in. I'm saying he's set by people that were probably Uh, uh I get it, though. Listen, ne- Nebraska needs to be in a place in three years on the field to garner some energy. Uh, And I think they're working that way to be a a good football team again. So whether you're a a student or whether you're a fan who's had season tickets for 25 years, whether you're thinking about investing as a young professional to go to Nebraska games, because likely you you grew up going or you've been a few times, you've got a, a choice to make on how to spend your disposable income. Things are expensive. And Trev is all about using this thing, this thing being the gray old lady on 10th and Vine, more than just seven times a year during the fall, eight, if you talk about the spring game, he's talking more about the Garth Brooks moments or the Larry the Cable Guy moments. I mean, and, and that's all part of this plan. It, it's not all specific yet, but it is, they're going to do this thing right, I have no doubt and it comes down to what kind of product are you going to have on the field to help create some of that energy. Because, listen, you, you nailed it with the, the fans and, of course, the students. The students bring the energy, bring the intensity, bring the, the, home field well, the edge. They, they, they bring the edge. They bring that uncomfortable vibe in a great way that you'll want on third down and nine. You want everyone horse walking out of there because you helped chip in with your emotion and you made it really, really difficult. Nebraska football, since joining the Big Ten, is twenty-five and twenty-five at Memorial Stadium in Big Ten games. That has to change. Twice. That's it. The number of times Nebraska's gone undefeated at home in Big Ten play. Twenty twelve. 2016, and you you can't live like that. And you're going to even be in a a more difficult conference with once Hollywood and the great Northwest move into the Big Ten. So the time is now to upgrade. The time is now to put your money where your mouth is and be the guy or gal that bids to blow up South Stadium and then have the opportunity to, yes, put the students on top of – Whether Colorado's visiting, whether it's Oklahoma, whether it's USC coming to town, there's been some electric moments, man. There's been some just absolutely jacked crowds that have been let down. And then there's been some jacked crowds that absolutely helped deliver an upset win, I don't know that that happens Saturday. We'll get into it a little more with Brandon Vogel, get his take on stadium expansion. And, We're down here at the single barrel.
3: And Shemini, I'll tell you right now, I don't care to bid on blowing up South Stadium, but I will bid for a front row seat. I will pregame the implosion. So,
2: okay, so so it's a live road show as South Stadium comes crashing yes. down. Yes, We'll get the We'll get the hard hats ready. Brandon Vogel is putting his eye black on right now.
3: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
4: And now,
2: and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity on the road today here at the Single Barrel, 9th and P. We have snuck in before Michigan does as uh, we are here Thursday back uh, next time for, for Northwestern Week. We're at the Bar of the Bar this Saturday, pregame and postgame, and we're at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill tomorrow. We welcome in Brandon Vogel, counter Reed, and uh, give him a follow at Brandon L. Vogel. Subscribe, counter as Vogels is in his football office. No sledgehammer or hard hat with Vogels today, but it's just a matter of time. He can well, put some gloves on. Vogels, could you... Could you uh, get in on this, this blow up South stadium, would you put a bid in for a lottery?
4: Uh, No, I would, I would be a bidder though on, on the guy with the giant pair of scissors when the new, the new South stadiums are officially opened. I've I've always wanted a a giant pair of scissors. So that's kind of my vibe. (laughs) I think.
3: No, Brent, I know. I noticed that Schmidty said that you don't have a hard hat or, or sledgehammer in there, but I do see that you have removed the urinal troughs from your football office. Is that a lot of work?
4: It, it was a lot of work. It was a little bit bittersweet. You know, it's it's nice when I'm in here and the game's going on. Um, I mean, it, as we looked at where college football is headed, there's so many commercial breaks that I can go to the bathroom that's, that's six feet away. Um, so I did end up taking the trough out. Also, it was kind of a little bit of a sanitary uh, gray area with two young kids at home. So you got to do what you got to do.
2: I have to ask this question. Am I a, a bad parent for, for sharing this story? But Junior's first game when he was little was was Idaho State. And Junior had to go to the can. So we, we wandered down. And one of the bathrooms we, we went into, and I'm not sure if it was South Stadium or not, because Memorial Stadium has all sorts of troughs, all right? And Junior wasn't tall enough to stand up and let her fly so we had to airlift junior up to uh, to go and it was it was a little risky to just have him stand on the edge while you're holding his back and have him go that way because he's well frankly since he's a baby since his changing table he's had a spraying problem he thought he thinks it's always funny so we had to kind of airlift him and and hope that he hit the front of the rim, so to speak, or 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 got enough arc to get in. It worked out. It was quick. It was easy, and he thought it was hilarious. He probably doesn't remember it, but that's that's how we rolled with the troth. And you'll have some Husker fans bid on that, dude. There's still a few bars on O Street that that have a troth uh, from recollection, anyway. So if you can sell the winningest astroturf for 25 bucks for a square someone's going to drop a g on a trough don't you think either to put in their man cave or just to take back to their husker bar uh whatever part of the state they're in
4: yeah i think you're i think you're right um it does work particularly well if you know it's a small town husker bar be like oh yeah that's from that's from memorial stadium we we made sure to sure to get one of those um but yeah I, it, judging from the amount of conversation around that um and I mean it's kind of hard not to have it it's an unforgettable experience uh if you've if you've ever experienced it so um,
3: and and one of the things I will the- say to the to the credit of the troughs there's never, like, that big of a line in the male restroom, at least, because of the troughs. Like, you can squeeze a lot of people in there. People get in, people get out. It works well. I went to Kinnick one time and had to stand in line waiting for the urinals because there's, like, 24 urinals in there, which is a lot. But you can fit, like, 60 people in those troughs if you really have to go. You can, like, squeeze in a little space. So I wouldn't mind seeing those kept... We'll see, but I can also see the benefit of, like, somebody out there, uh, a big tailgater, if you will. You can fill up that trough after being cleaned, obviously,
2: with, like, a big thing of jungle <laughs> juice. You can probably fit a lot in there. Well, or or just make it a, a, a would-be cooler as mm-hmm. part of your tailgate and put the trough on see, the back of your smoker. That's
3: less fun. I, I feel like you can get some, some people around and be like, hey, we're drinking out of the urinal trough today. Like, it's Jeez. a big game. Cleaned, obviously. Yeah. No, I know. It'd be it, an attraction uh, to the uh, to the tailgate.
2: It, it, it could be, Boggs. Uh, I still think I still think Wrigley has troths, don't they? Or have they completely redone them? I don't recall. It's been a
4: number of years since I was last at Wrigley. That one I don't remember. Um,
2: yeah, couldn't tell you. You, you. you gotta you gotta keep one troth there for 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 the memories. All right, Nebraska, Michigan what does Nebraska have to do folks to, to kind of bring Nebraska fan back? I don't think they punted on the season, but they're not happy after Louisiana tech and, and here comes Michigan. The buzz is, is not great for this just because of how good Michigan is. So I want your, your thought on on how this thing could go Saturday.
4: What? Yeah, I think, um, well, they need to do what you would have to do against Michigan. You need to play well against a good opponent. Um, and you know, Colorado was this weird, weird sort of gray area. I still don't know how good Colorado is, but they, they beat TCU and they beat Nebraska. They opened season with two P five wins, which is more than more than most people, myself included, was penciling in for them. So that was a strange one where Nebraska was initially favored and then it flipped, but it was still a pretty tight line. You handled business against Northern Illinois slightly lesser degree against Louisiana tech. But I do think Nebraska is, is making progress. Um, it's just, it's kind of slow and steady, which Matt rule to his credit, kind of alluded to leading up to the season. And then he flat out said it, you know, during the year. So it's going to take, I mean, when you think about kind of new coaching regimes that work, um, You usually see one of these results even in a year one that's not good lance leipold went two and ten his first year at kansas beat texas though and since then i mean i think prior to that they were being outscored by an average of like 25 points a game since then which was in 2021 they're outscoring opponents by an average of two and you've seen like the range of results that's been um, and here they are now at four and oh i mean that's the path that nebraska's on so if it's just uh a little slower than anybody would like. I get it um, because you do see these teams that pop pretty quickly, um, especially now. But <clears throat> that's not the way this is designed to go. Doesn't mean it can't. Um, definitely doesn't mean it can't if Nebraska should get a win uh, on its home field against, yes, the number two team in the country. It's been a long time since something like that's happened. But boy, I mean, maybe that's the fair the, the fair question too. Like, okay, you, Louisiana Tech, maybe not as clean and and crisp as you would have liked. They come out and beat Michigan. All of a sudden, are we talking about Nebraska as Big Ten West favorite? Um, Probably would be, (laughs) honestly, uh, because it would be the best win anybody in the West has so far.
3: Brandon, on the other side of this equation, though, if it does end up being an ugly game where Michigan they they have their will on the ground they they rack up say 250 yards on the ground they they have control of the game from beginning to end and say it's a a 35 to 7 type victory for Michigan does that change anything within Husker Nation over the the final seven games
4: um i mean it probably it probably adds a few people to the the skeptical bandwagon which you know as we kind of started this game discussion with like there's there's it's not empty. Um, there are people who are a little bit, a little bit concerned and something like that, like 35 to seven is basically the game. Michigan has played four times this season. And that was against East Carolina, Bowling Green, UNLV who actually might be pretty good. Um, and Rutgers who's, who's showing some life. So it would, the easy line there to draw would be like, well, Nebraska is basically where those programs are at. And they, they just might be. Um, so, yeah, it would it would dull enthusiasm a little bit more, which would be hard to to see after just five games, but you know, controlled schedule. Um, Michigan's number two for a reason. That said, like Michigan, you know, is, is a really good team, really loaded talent wise on both sides of the ball. They run the ball well. Um, if you would have asked me coming in, I would have said they probably would have been running the ball a little bit better. That said, J.J. McCarthy has, has been a little bit better than I probably expected him to be, too. So um, they're they're an interesting team.
2: Brandon Vogel's with us from Counter-Read. counter Reed, at Brandon L. Vogel. It's where you find him on Twitter, and, and someday I'll, I'll quit saying Twitter, but that's what we're doing right now. So uh, Vogel's with um, the offense. that That's the, the downer right now for Nebraska, and it's not pointing arrows at anybody. It's just the the side of the football that's really frustrating and you don't have a ton of faith in. Are you feeling a little bit better with the the big picture, what this offense can be at the end of the year, uh, taking Saturday out of it?
4: Yeah, a a little bit. I mean, the run game, and it's, you know, no matter which quarterback has been in there, has involved the quarterback to a large degree, um, which I think is a little bit of a necessity right now um but you can't kind of you kind of can't argue with the like first half nebraska's like 60th nationally in in rushing second half they're fourth matt rule talked all all offseason about being the better team in the fourth quarter there's some evidence for that there you know if you and then the passing game it's it's not a well-oiled machine for nebraska in any in any regard that way but hey, if you can run the ball that well, particularly if you know if you get to halftime and it's it's still a game and, and you can lean on the run game a little bit more, which has been what we've seen, minus the Colorado game, um, all it takes is a couple of big plays in the passing game and that might be enough. That's part of the reason, you know, those coaches that choose to, to shorten the game do so. And we're seeing it with Michigan. Michigan's running like 56 plays a game. They are glacial um so far this year which is a, which is a departure from from last year and, and it makes saturday pretty interesting to me because we've seen what nebraska's defense can do Can it if it gets two stops if it stops two drives in the first half how many does that lead maybe three that that michigan has that you know i guess if they score touchdowns on all three then it's 21 to something if nebraska could man, manage a score but I think nebraska has a decent chance if it can if the defense plays like we've seen it play i guess granted the best offense it's seen um to keep this close going into half and if it does that all of a sudden i think things change the stadium's alive you've got you know clemson fans sitting at home who are flipping in it's like well, let's see if the number two team in the country's in trouble um that's i think the path for nebraska in this game
3: it's brandon vogel with us here and brandon I guess we're not going to ask you for a score prediction because that's going to come on Saturday. But generally, how are you feeling on, on a Thursday? Good? You Do you feel good about this one? Because I feel like the buzz in Husker Nation, we only have about 30 seconds here, the the buzz in Husker Nation this week has been down.
4: Yeah, I, I, I feel like Nebraska's got a good shot. Um, they're at home. Michigan's good. Maybe not quite what, maybe not an A-plus based on their first four games. Maybe just an A-minus. Um, so, and with the way the game will be played, the way both teams want to play, I think if Nebraska can get, like I said, just a couple of those stops early, much less a big change play, then all of a sudden things get interesting.
2: It's Brandon Vogel. Subscribe to him. counterread.com. Vogels, we'll talk Saturday, bud. Sounds good, guys. Thanks.
1: Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmidt. Schmidt's a great guy, but you don't have a brain. And Elijah.
5: You want me to speak when i point you yet. Yeah.
1: On Hail Varsity Radio.
2: Back here with the single barrel road show Thursday for Hail Varsity. Ninth and P is where we're at inside the graduate, and a lot of red going to be making their way to Lincoln, and uh, some blue. Two with Michigan invading. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. We're powered by Herd at Sports. Big thanks to Brandon Bogle, Gary Barnett in about 30 minutes, and then Bill Bender. Time for you to get in here if you want, four eight nine twelve forty. 1240 But uh, your first experience in the student section was what? Because we're talking about the students. Oh, I know this. Uh, yeah, right? We're yeah. talking about the student section. We're talking about them possibly being displaced. We're talking about Trev and the uh, renovation project for South Stadium. What would you spend to push the button to take it down? Let's hear from Trev. He was asked that question today uh, when it comes to, well, putting your money where your mouth is, Trev, on uh, let's talk,
0: as, as he put it, with uh, blow it up south stadium you know we have lots of people who are really creative they have lots of ideas in our department so um <laughs> as my wife tells me sometimes we can't use all your ideas trev but we'll um yeah well you know what this again this is we can have a little fun along the way and um so we'll, we'll see you know but if you're if you're volunteering to make a donation to get, be the person who gets to push the button you know maybe we can we can talk
2: what's that number look like is it 50 grand I mean we're talking about a 450 million dollar deal here it's almost half a billion for for Nebraska we'll get into some of your comments here Cutter asks a valuable question Elijah about what if what if the impossible happens what if that two percent is 2% turns into 98% with Nebraska upsetting Michigan, dogged at home by 17 points. Do you think if we win, says Cutter, the crowd will storm the field? I don't think I can remember in my time as a Husker fan when we've ever done that. We've huddled up with the old Average Show Sports Show podcast, and I think we came up with 1992.
3: Yeah, so there's there's some conflicting information online, but – Putting our heads together, that's Bill Dolman, Mitch Sherman, you and, and me uh, as well, Schmitty. We put our heads together. Some people said 95 oh, OU. Mitch was in the stadium that day. He, he said uh, so he was didn't that, no. and I couldn't find any video evidence online. Other people said Colorado-94, which I also could not find any video evidence think- of online. So you have to go back to 92, and, and from what we discussed... There was back-to-back weeks. Colorado, who was number 8 in the country, followed by Kansas, number 13 in the country. And apparently, back-to-back weeks of storming the field, and that was, may have been the last time the field was stormed at Memorial Stadium, though the uh, other fans have stormed the field against Nebraska. Uh, Oklahoma did it once, Missouri did it once. So Nebraska's been a part of field stormings, but at Memorial Stadium, you might have to go back 31 years.
2: Uh, you do. I think it was 92. It was those back-to-back games before the uh, dreaded loss at Iowa State. Montana Husker fan chimes in and with uh, their experience. And they were a sophomore in high school. And L. Roberson, Darren Sproles, that was Frank's final game in Lincoln in 03. That was an awesome Kansas State team. Team that finished fourth or at least we were fourth in the country at one point that year, and they ended up going to the Fiesta Bowl that year, winning the Big Twelve. They they absolutely body slammed uh, Oklahoma in the, the Big Twelve championship game. Chris chimes in, seventy eight Oklahoma for him. OU is in town. The Herbies beat the Suitors seventeen fourteen. I have heard stories about this game from so many loved ones. Chris. Jarvis Redwine, uh, Andre Franklin, Junior Miller. It was cold. It was glorious. Uh, I, I think Kelly Phelps got shot by a man named Rude on a kickoff. You've seen that highlight before on the sideline. Oranges were frozen and thrown from the south end zone. Uh, the week after, you lost to Missouri. Sorry, I was, yeah, I was a little less than a year old then. Brennan says ninety-five was Colorado, and uh, I think ninety-four was Lincoln. Ninety-six was Lincoln. Uh, ninety-five was Colorado, but uh, it was yeah. Ninety-six was that cold, and there was that that black ice ball game. Elijah that was my freshman year of college and we were in the student section for that. Well, it's uh, it was me it was it was me and my friend captain captain Morgan. It's uh, it's and, funny uh, hearing
3: all these stories of everyone having a great time their first Husker game. My first ever Husker game was a loss back in I think 06. My first game as a student was a win. It was 2017. Arkansas State was in town and if you remember student section started clearing out. Arkansas State was given Nebraska a run for their money. Nebraska pulls away. Most people start clearing out and then Arkansas State recovers an onside kick and just about scares Nebraska and you go, well, at least they got the win and then you follow it up two weeks later with my second game in the student section, a loss to Northern Illinois because Tanner Lee threw a 98-yard pick six or something like that on the first drive of the game. So it's, it's great to see all these stories of people enjoying their time in South End Zone as compared to me where it's the, the scare of all time from Arkansas State and then a disappointing loss to Northern Illinois and the year culminated in uh, Mike Riley being fired and then a couple of three and nine seasons following that. So I had a great time every single time I was in South Stadium, obviously.
2: Well, listen, it is going to be imperative that Nebraska continues to build and get good on the field to give you something to cheer about in the stands, whether it's a chair back, whether it's more personal space. It's been a love affair for a lot of years because this is your pride and joy. It's, it's been Nebraska football and you put up with some, some tough years. You put up with a lot of great years. I mean, you got to experience those uh, to heights that many places don't ever reach. And, and right now you're, you're trying to climb back up and it's, it's very apropos with what's symbolic here is as you're trying to, to, to take down and build back up that's what you're doing on the field and it's been an ongoing process Uh, you have a you have a new designer (laughs) trying to get with the architect and 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 put this thing in the proper place you you've hired and fired a lot of different architects and planners over the years and you're finally trying to, to get it right so it's 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 not a donut, right? You're, you're you're no right angles in the house," said Axel Foley at one point in Beverly Hills Cop. Do we have time for for Trev and when it comes to goals with Project? Uh, we do not this segment, no. Uh, we'll get we'll get more from from Trev. We'll hear from Gary Barnett in 15 minutes. Want to hear from you? We'll get to some emails as well. But uh, do you remember that first experience as a student in the student section, or? Did you get drug along with big brother, your cousin, uh, some family member, or did you just find seats in the student section? I like Brent's comment. I learned a lot of new words that day when he was nine years old in the student section, but a a great announcement today. It's got to be approved here next week by Nebraska's Board of Regents, and then you can get going forward, but... Uh, there's been a lot of elbow grease put in on this, and uh, it needs to happen for Nebraska. And will the product on the field match the amenities off the field? Uh, the supply and demand part of it. Winding down hour one here at the single barrel, ninth and P. Hail Varsity continues. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, hail Varsity Radio here at the Single Barrel. Ninth and P is where we're at. Inside the Graduate, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, powered by Herd at Sports. Reminder about your friends from Dyer Law. If you're dealing with workers' compensation, if you're confused about the options for your workers' compensation claim, put the trust in the team at Dyer Law to help ensure that your rights are protected and you get the settlement you deserve. Call Dyer Law today at 402 393 7529, or visit law to chat with a trusted professional about your workers' compensation claim. That's Dyer.Law, Dyer.Law, 402 393 7529, and uh, talk with them about workers' compensation. 489 1240, 489 1240, numbers to get in, more comments to get into. Uh, Spartan Stadium still has a troth. Our friends in Michigan have let us know that uh, the the wrong uh, Michigan team, <laughs> not the Spartans, but uh, you have uh, Michigan, the Wolverines, rolling into Lincoln. Greg is like, I'd give my last ten dollars to push the button and make South Stadium go bang. I don't have horrible memories about being uncomfortable. The more and more Nebraska fans I've talked to this week, because we knew th- the announcement was coming today, is that yeah, the the personal bubble was no good. You need a little bit more comfort to uh, to go as as far as your money continues to go and, and be spent, and then that's what Nebraska is working on.
3: And we had a call in from uh, from Roseanne during the break. She didn't want to go on the air, but. Uh, that was her big complaint with South Stadium. She used to sit there with her family back in the 80s, and she said they were always packed in there like sardines. But she remembered, and I wonder if anyone else in the stream remembered this as well. Apparently, there was a student section tradition back in the 80s where they would take uh, a, a female student, and they would like pass her all the way to the top, like crowd surfing, all the way to the top of really? the student section, then all the way back down. And She said she always had to avert her eyes during that because of just how dangerous it seemed. But there used to be yeah, one girl who just every single week would get passed off to the top of the student section and brought all the way back down in everyone's hands.
2: Yes, and it, I, I did not realize that. Officer PJ, they called him Super Mario. He would hop the stairs like he was a Mario brother uh, on those giant blocks like oh, they yeah. were stairs, okay? And, and the student section would, would, would count and chant with him and then officer Snyder was the Lincoln resource officer at Southeast when I was going there and just the, the best dude ever. And was, was fun. And he'd, he'd hop down. I mean, it was, it was great because his he'd race and go up and then he'd race and go down. And, and his, his position was one of the corners, the Southeast corner of Memorial stadium, right where the flagpoles were at up up top there. So it was uh Students loved it, man. It was good. And Jason chimes
3: in in here on the stream that he remembers the officer and he remembers that girl getting passed all the way to the top.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Was it it the same gal or did you have to win the lottery for that? Roseanne said it's the same one every single week. Really? We got to find out who she was. Get her on for an interview. Well, let's just see if if it can be reenacted for – for this Saturday <laughs> and maybe Brian chimes
3: in we crowd surfed several sorority girls to the
2: back of the lower <laughs> east side in occasion and
3: they even came back
2: <laughs> Brian saying yep it happened it's true we have corroboration between Jason and Brian I love it coach Barnett will chime in Nebraska Michigan what are the what are the odds
1: the voice of Husker Nation is on the air This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel.
2: Back into it, it's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're live at the Single Barrel, getting ready for Nebraska-Michigan. He's getting ready for the golf course and then more college football. It's Gary Barnett. Coach, how are we doing?
5: Doing well, Chris. Just watching this football season unfold. It's it's, it's a crazy cool year, I think.
2: It, it is awesome. And there's been some Dion fatigue. There's been a lot of Dion love. But there's been excitement, Coach, because, you know, the Buffs are... Are new. You've got some teams that that are newer. Washington's one of them that folks are excited about. Uh, just a couple that stick out that are are uh, you know trying to plant their flag. You still got Georgia, and Michigan. Let me ask you to start off. Who's been the wow team for you? Who's who's impressed you the most, either in person or watching all the games you do? Who's who's most impressive so th- so far at the quarter turn?
5: Well. Because I, I knew last year that Washington was really good. And, um, you know, I, I think they're putting that on display. I think, uh, you know, Oregon, up front and close to what those guys could do last week, I think they're really good. You know what? Missouri is a big surprise. I, I You know, I do a show in Kansas City, and in those three teams, Kansas, Kansas State, and Missouri, they've lost one game, and that's because they played one another in one of those games so there's uh two teams four and all one team three and one um i think florida state's been impressive um so i you know i watched the notre dame game uh you know notre dame so in my mind deserved to win that game but not the way they finished it and they uh coaching errors hurt that but you know it's it's been fun to watch uh just these teams Uh, come on the scene you know and of course i'm happy for colorado but you know we're 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 not in that category of those teams that can you know finish this out as strongly as we started but there's a lot that seem to be able to do that
2: well you've got just pretty elite quarterback play i was a gutsy win by ohio state uh and and i thought notre dame was was impressive we we got done with our weather delay and then got done with our post game and then got to watch the final fourth quarter coach Barnett. And, and what a, what a finish. (laughs) I mean, what an absolute finish. I can imagine the atmosphere. Uh, we've got news today about Nebraska doing a South stadium renovation and just upgrades to Memorial stadium. What's just the, the craziest, most awesome atmosphere you've ever been involved
5: with? Oh gosh. Uh, I'll tell you, playing at Penn State, or uh, excuse me, Ohio State, Penn State's cool, too. Mm-hmm. Playing at Penn State, Wisconsin is crazy. It's it's always crazy every year. Uh, Florida State with the Tomahawk coming out, that was crazy. Um, you know, Lincoln was al- Lincoln was always fun. Uh, you know, the game in 1990 when we had to come from behind and in the rain and the sleep. It was a great atmosphere. Um, they're really they're all over the place, um, actually. But uh, I, I, you know, in the Big Ten playing at Ohio State and playing at Wisconsin were really difficult.
2: As a as a college student, I got to get to South Bend about twenty three years ago when touchdown Jesus and in, in Notre Dame was painted red. Nebraska won in overtime. That's kind of my my back pocket. My my feet have not thought uh, thought out yet from from the 1990 game you referenced as a as a, okay. as a junior high kid in the, in the south end zone and then uh, just the I, I think back to the Michigan game just covering the game in 2021 with the, the unveiling of the light show and what a what a score fest that was and, and Nebraska didn't finish it but what a what a great ball game to to watch and see Nebraska didn't find a way but it was. It's up there, and it it just doesn't feel that way this week, Coach. I mean, the the, the buzz is minimal. There's almost a reservation of, well, shoot, here comes Michigan, and they're really, really good, and Nebraska's not there yet. Uh, Do you feel that as a coach, if, if there's not as much buzz out there, if it's perceived to be a mismatch?
5: You know, I don't. I I sort of liked it when there wasn't as much buzz because that, <laughs> meant, that meant they weren't. Uh, you know what? They weren't respect. I, I always played the respect card in that situation. There's no buzz because we're not worthy. So uh, you know, I I liked it that way.
2: What do you think of of the tactics you've seen, and then the responses by some of the coaches uh, with keeping score or receipts? As as to what's being said about the programs uh, from a motivational standpoint.
5: Well, I I, uh, I always kept receipts, but I didn't tell anybody about them. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I didn't need that publicity. But I every coach keeps receipts, if that's the term we're going to use. But everybody does. I don't care what they say, but they don't. Uh, you, you know, when you when you start talking about them, then you're hoping to. Uh, that they'll shut up a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, you know I everybody keeps their receipts. trust me.
2: Did you ever have any receipts on Nebraska?
5: You know, I'd have to think about that, Chris. Um, You're like, next question. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't you know I, I don't remember what they were, but uh, uh, I just remember in two thousand and one when I think I heard Frank say we had to change our practice because, of uh, how physical Colorado was to, that, that gave me a big edge mentally. Okay. I, I said, you know, when they have to change their practice for you and you got an advantage. So,
2: well, coach, let's talk. How's practice been this week for Colorado SC comes in?
5: Well, they're pretty banged up. Uh, Colorado is banged up. And so it's, uh, you know, they've been grinding. Uh, you know, they were embarrassed by the performance last week and, you they know they got their their butts kicked and and so they're just trying to make the best that they can. You know, this up front, both sides of the ball is is where their challenges are. Uh, I don't know what can be done there. You can scheme it a little bit, both sides. You can bring a little more pressure to help out. Um, but their answers, uh, I won't know until Saturday. And you know, I it, it's always a fine line as to how much. You change uh, because you do have an area that you've got to cover up or or do some things to shore up. So it, it's just that, uh, you know, in their case, um, you know, they got, I think, two or three defensive backs down. That makes it tough. They struggle with the inside run. They struggle with, the, with being able to run the ball inside as well. So, uh, you know, do you give up on it and just say, oh, let's, let's do something else? Or do you say, no, I'm going to pound this thing? I, I I think you scheme it a little bit. You do some things that guys are capable of, not try to do things that they're not capable of, and um, and then go from there and then, you know, try to do some things that uh, maybe they haven't seen before. But you, they they have to execute better than they did. Shadur held the ball for a long time. They, they could not scramble out of the pocket because Oregon did such a good job on the edge. So it was, uh, you know, they... And that was because their tackles were, were getting walked off the ball. So, it's a it's not an easy solution when, when you're when you're uh, playing shorthanded in in a couple spots. Coach, you
2: you hit on something. Gary Barnett with us, Hail Varsity Radio, live at the Single Barrel. You do what they're capable of, and Nebraska's shifted a bit to more quarterback run. There's been a lot of option, not a lot of pitches with the option, but pitches. Uh, could could still be a factor with that uh, that option game and Nebraska has kind of embraced the quarterback run. Harburg's won two games here and that is something Nebraska's embraced. They're they're being physical and I mean we're talking 41 power pitch with Grant. I mean it's it's plays from the eighties and nineties. It's TO's playbook here and I think Rule's gone to that because he likes what Nebraska is. He thinks they're capable of being a downhill running team versus more of a, uh, a I don't want to say pro style, but a pass-first team. And and that's something that I'm interested to see how it, it matches up against Michigan. What do you think of Jimbo's team and, and this Michigan squad? Does Nebraska have a puncher's chance?
5: Well, of course they do. You know, stat-wise, they're not that far apart uh they're both playing good run defense and uh, i agree with what matt's done um you know play to your play, play to your strengths they can run the ball they've got two quarterbacks you know the pitch if the pitch hasn't happened it's just because it hasn't been forced and so they're saying let's let the quarterback beat us with his legs and uh you know they've they've won two games doing that but um, there, I think you're, there's better than a puncher's chance. All the stats show that uh, you know there's that, that. You know, Michigan isn't overwhelming on offense. You know, they're or, they're only 405 yards a game. Uh, you know, they're rushing for 167 yards a game. That's not overwhelming. And so uh, you know, yards allowed, there's not that much difference in this these two teams. So I think if you know if, if Nebraska really wants to win this game and they can keep it close to the vest and get to the fourth quarter they can win this game now the odds are you know 18 points that's a that's a spread that's what it started at I have no idea what it is today but you know that's not undoable so I I think you've got to say we've got a chance going into this thing
2: the question mark coach is about Nebraska's passing game and it's not that they can't throw it. It's just the, the inconsistency of it, and uh, I love play action. Nebraska's been vulnerable with their, go- with their tackles when they've done play action, but you can do some pretty maddening things, can't you, to, to a defense off of option play action. I mean, I, I loved watching it growing up, and I know you and Nebraska both ran a lot of play action off option
5: looks. Well when you run the option, you see you're gonna see pretty much the same defense all the time. And so it it makes it simpler to attack it. And really the better you run, the the better you should be able to throw. They complement each other. And it doesn't work the other way. The more you can run, the better or more you can pass, the better you can run. But it does work the other way that the better you are at running the ball the more open your receivers become because everybody wants and knows that they need to stop the run. When you assault the belly of a defense, you demoralize the other team. And if you can do that, then that team is not going to sit there and let you do it. They're going to bring an extra guy in. And now you got one-on-one coverage, or you've got one guy out of the secondary that's not in coverage. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's complimentary. And uh, if you are a, Efficient enough at running the football, you force those changes. Gary Barnett,
2: with his coach, we'll do some rapid fire before we get you out Friday night. Utah's at Oregon State. What a ball game in Wazoo! A little too much Cougar, and uh, they are unbeaten. But Oregon State gets to host Utah. That line right now is minus three and a half Beeves.
5: Yeah, you know that's going to be a heck of a game, and uh, I really can't wait to watch it and. You know I got I love Utah uh, I really do but I love Oregon State as well and the, those are two rough and tumble football teams uh, Oregon State may be advantage because it's home that's where the three points comes from but it's hard to bet against Utah I'm gonna, I, I would go with Utah on this thing I just think they're too physical are you
2: taking the points Northwestern for two in a row they're underdog 27 points to Penn State.
5: No, I think Penn State's overwhelming right now. I think they're really good. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Penn State wins this handily.
2: Florida's on the road at Kentucky minus one Wildcats.
5: Well, if you're playing at home, you should have a three-point advantage if all things are easy or even. Uh, so they're saying they aren't even. Um, I, I, you know, Florida. I keep wanting to bet on Florida because they have great athletes, but. Man, they let me down all the time except against Tennessee, but I am the, I'd pick Florida in this game, I think.
2: We were all off on on Tennessee. I wanted to go Gators, but I didn't have the guts to do it. Uh Georgia's yeah. at uh, at Auburn, Bulldogs uh 14 and a half on the road at the Plains.
5: Yeah, Auburn's not ready yet. Uh Georgia this is Georgia's time to really you know, show something and I think they will.
2: 17's the number. Michigan 230 kickoff Lincoln Fox. You take the points if uh, if you're a Husker fan?
5: Uh, with your money, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> how, about mama, how about
2: mama's money? <laughs> how
5: about my money? How about mama, mama's money? Yeah, I don't
2: think so. Mama's money. Mama's you know, money.
5: <laughs> yeah, I think if I were a Nebraska fan, I'd take the points. But just out here watching, I think I'll stay with Michigan.
2: Okay. Kansas, Texas. I love Coach Lance. Uh, and uh, Texas minus 16 and a half.
5: I think that's too many points. These two, both this this team's good, Kansas is good, and uh, you know they're not afraid of Texas. So uh, I think that's probably about right. Mm-hmm. Texas is really good. I think if there's one team that's playing really well, it's Texas. But you know their numbers aren't aren't out aren't crazy, mm-hmm. and Kansas's are pretty crazy. So I think this is uh, the point. If you take the points in Kansas, I think you got a real chance here.
2: Ole Miss trying to bounce back. What a job by Saban. LSU survived. It's minus two and a half LSU on the road.
5: Yeah, I I like LSU. Mm-hmm. I do.
2: Last one is Notre Dame in trouble. They're at Duke. Duke looks really good. Notre Dame's favored by six. Uh, I
5: think that's about the right spread. I think uh, that they're they're probably win this game by about six, so it's your choice. But uh, uh, Notre Dame will bounce back, mm. I think. But uh, that was a tough loss, you know, and, and some of that was coaching. So, mm. uh, but Eckler's doing a good job. and That quarterback's really a good player, and they they really are going to relish this limelight game. So, I think it's about right, six points.
2: Coach, have a good weekend. Enjoy Colorado, USC. Thanks for the time.
5: You bet, Chris. Great being with you. And now. And now, back to
2: Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Gary Barnett. Hale Varsity Radio continues here at the Single Barrel, 9th and P. You're invited out. And in what options you have here. We talked option football with Gary Barnett. Steak, pork chops, 200 whiskeys to choose from some cold beer and all sorts of just glorious appetizers love being in downtown lincoln we're up in la vista tomorrow at the herd at sports bar and grill four to six special guests joining us tomorrow at the bar the bar for pregame noon to two saturday postgame real red reaction follows nebraska michigan we've been talking a lot about Nebraska football, the $450 million renovation project, and some of your creative thoughts. Not only would you spend money to blow it up, we heard Trev talk about it in hour one. Who would you pick to push the button or pull the trigger or flip the switch to, uh, to bring it all down? We'll take suggestions, 489 1240, or can find us in the stream, Hail Varsity. YouTube channel.
3: And, and we had a suggestion in from, uh, from Dave and Elkhorn,
2: Schmitty. This was pretty good. So, so D- Dave and Elkhorn said what? He called right before we got to Coach Barnett. Dave and Elkhorn says what about who should push the button?
3: He says it'd only be fitting if you're blowing up part of Memorial Stadium to bring back Pearlman and Icorst to do
2: it. Aye. Would they do pot, paper, rock, scissors, to see who got to do it, or they both put their hands on top of one another's and just do the plunge together. They, they have to
3: work and, in tandem, right? I think that that only makes the most sense.
2: Yeah, there, there's too much. <laughs> You're gonna get all sorts of Nebraska fans, just <laughs>
3: irate. Or, or on the other hand, you can <laughs> you hey, you can, hey, have, you can hey, have Harvey. I, you could have I <laughs> coursed with his hand on the plunger, and you could have Pearlman just tell him to do it.
2: That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that there'd be a... You could sell, like, tickets to this thing. Oh, yeah. When it happens, you could sell hard hats. You can sell troths. Would you rather spend money on on the ceremonial troth or the ability to push the button and, and let it go? Let's hear a little bit from Trev Alberts. We'll get to your comments as well. I want to hear about your first student section experience. Either when you got to Nebraska, or you went with a friend or family member, or uh, just what you were introduced to, because that is that is the, the the theme here. It's not only about comfort and amenities and the new generation, the new era of. All right, can I can I log into an app that will bring my Runza or Fairberry to me and my cold beer, perhaps? But can I also have like a party deck well well here's something or 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 standing room area this is where i was going that's where i was going to to keep this to keep this thing intense and a true home field advantage because in four three four years elijah the the thought is with matt rule nebraska is going to be competitive and good at home that's not been the case the last Two coaches and there is in
3: European soccer it's very common standing room only was huge in European soccer for years and for years and then uh, you had a disaster in which 92 fans were killed because they packed too many people into a standing room only section people ended up being crushed and what happened in European football soccer sorry uh a habit, What happened there is that they ended up creating what's called safe standing. So it's standing room sections, but there's rows with metal bars in between them to keep people from uh, really pushing up against each other and crushing anybody. And then there are little uh, foldable seats that are in the safe standing area as well. So if you feel like you need to sit down for a second, you can. There's little seats that flip down that you can use uh, for a a portion of time. I think that'd be great for the student section in particular, because those students only really sit during halftime, F at all. So I I think you need to create a system that allows them to safely stand because I got a text in from my buddy Jackson was talking about his first ever game at Memorial Stadium in the student section. He was standing after a couple cold ones on the end of a row and somebody behind him lost his balance, stepped down and kind of gave him a a, a shoulder to the back and he ended up somersaulting down the student section, down some stairs, knocking some people over. He was fine. He he watched the rest of the game. But I think something like that, a safe standing area for students would be really big. It'd help improve the atmosphere. And, hey, if the students are going to stand all game, let's make it as safe
2: as possible for them. Got to do it. Absolutely. Brian chimes in uh, with what he remembers here. Mad Mike beating his drum. And Husker Bob dated the house mom at my fraternity.
3: (laughs) That's great.
2: Um, Brian, we will allow a free shout-out this Thursday. What house were you in, my friend? And Brian follows up. Hopefully no puppets were involved. Thank you for the clarification. Uh, Mad Mike, I I kind of vaguely remember him. Uh, The the name, the the legend, and then Husker Bob, this dark-haired dude. That had the uh, kind of the peaky blinder hat. I don't believe there were razor blades involved uh, with his hat, but yeah, you had some characters for sure in South Stadium at Memorial Stadium. but some thoughts from Trev and let's let's go here. Are you somebody that's grandfathered in? Are you paying a little more but still below market value because your your family has had seats for 75 years, for 50 years, since 62. And Elijah, if you're a betting man, does the grandfather clause go away? Oh,
3: it's going away in in 2025. hundred. I would almost guarantee it. It's the only way that makes sense to me that you can do this renovation, lower the capacity of the stadium, and still increase how much money you're making in ticket sales. Because when you think about it, if you got somebody sitting in a row, who is paying $150 for their seats, the people who come in right next to him then have to pay more because he's paying under market value. I should say they are paying more, less than market mm-hmm. value. The person next to him is going to have to pay over market value in order to compensate for the fact that somebody is still only paying $150 for their season ticket, so they're going to be paying $700. If everyone in that row is paying the exact same, you could... Overall, lower the price on everybody, make it more economical for everybody to get in there. The problem being people who've been loyal, and have had their season tickets for 70 years. Maybe they're no longer going to be able to uh, afford the new rate. But generally speaking, that's the only way that makes sense to me that you can lower the capacity. And I mean, you're not going to lower the capacity and say, hey, we want to make less on tickets. That's not how business works. They're going to find a way to make more. Uh, if not more, at least the same. And I think the only way you can do that is by doing away with the grandfathering system. And Travis talked about that before. I think that was last winter whenever they first talked about getting the fan survey back and the results. And they talked about finding a way to to do away with the grandfathering system. I think it makes a lot of sense that while you're doing the expansion, while everybody's getting shuffled around, hey, the seats that you had for 60 years aren't available anymore. We're just going to do away with the grandfathering system for everybody and make it a free-for-all so it's quote-unquote fair. But in actuality, it's a way to get the 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 fans in every single section paying the exact same amount and therefore you can get in a more consistent dollar value. And Trev kind of talked about how they actually went and did the math on every single seat in the stadium to see how much they bring in on a yearly basis. I don't think you go do that math unless you're saying, hey, we can lower the prices for everybody if we do away with the chosen few that have had their season tickets for years and years and years and pay a low price.
2: I, I love the idea too of having kind of a, a club level club in South Stadium if you want to have a setup where you can go watch a ball game kind of like the, the hard rock inside the hard rock and, and kind of kick it there. Cause not everyone and, and Trev, Trev gets it. Not everyone's there to, to watch the game. They might be there to, to hang out and, and be seen or be at the game, but, they're, they're still the diehards. Uh, Steve with a great point. I think the guy in front of line to uh, to push the button since he originally took dynamite to this thing is, is Smiley Jones. Do you know Smiley? Who is Smiley Jones? Steve Peterson. I've never heard that nickname
3: before. Oh, dude. He just grinned at you. Yeah. Never heard yeah. Smiley Jones before. Really, I've heard that yeah. weasel Steve Peterson. I've never heard Smiley
2: Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you edited that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> I mean, I've heard I've heard that too, but it was that bleep weasel, <laughs> Steve Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> tomato, tomato, right? All right, let's, let's hear from Trev here. Goals of the project here, and uh, we'll get into some thoughts on Nebraska-Michigan in a second.
0: These three priorities are going to drive all of our thinking. These are directly a result of what our fans responded. Number one is create a facility that enhances the evolving fan experience. What fans expect in 2023 is perhaps slightly different than what it was uh, 100 years ago. Number two, we need to modernize Memorial Stadium to ensure an infrastructure for the next century. Really, really important. We love the history that has happened in our stadium is pretty remarkable. we need to make sure that while we're here, that we're working on an infrastructure to ensure that it's in place for the next 100 years. And then finally, and this is really important to us, we wanna create a facility that has equitable and affordable access to all of our fans. We learned a lot in that survey. And um, we learned that some of our fans across our state uh, viewed that experiencing Husker football was, at some levels, beyond their financial capability. I think I mentioned publicly that, uh, as a result of this process, that we found out that between seat licensing fees and ticket costs, we're the fifth most expensive ticket in college football. So we literally went through every seat at Memorial Stadium. We know the revenue that is attached to every single seat within Memorial Stadium. So that's really important. <laughs>
2: It's Trev Alberts will get some thoughts on Nebraska-Michigan. Vic chimes and, in. And again, really, in really fast before
3: we get to Vic, again, as I said, I think him going and doing the math, at least their team doing the math on every single seat kind of underscores, I think that grandfathering is going to be going away because I don't think you'd do that unless that means you're going to be changing some ticket prices and figuring some things out there to make it more equitable for everyone to get in. I I, I think there's, there's the moment where you can read between the lines and say grandfathering is probably going to be dead soon.
2: Well, and, and if it is, and if you want to go and you can afford it, you'll spend it and they'll offer that to those who can afford it. And quite honestly, I mean, how many, how many seats do you expect to see for sale? Elijah, when you're walking to the game Saturday, I saw a lot for sale against Louisiana tech. And and, and that's not to say that in, in two years, it's going to be like that. And it, it may not be like that. The next time Nebraska comes home against Northwestern, but right now the, uh, the Pulse is not disinterest, but just, we'll, we'll see. It's, it, it's, it's, it's really a question mark. Vic is, only the wine and cheese snobs want another club level. Listen, if it's more comfortable in the stands, you'll, you'll happily be in the South Stadium. But club seats are pretty awesome. Now, let's just call it like it is. Uh, that's that's my take. If you can afford it, go do it, Vic.
4: And now, and
2: now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, we're hit the single barrel. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Thursday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're powered by Hurt at Sports. More comments to get to. And, Vic, follows up by saying i want more loud obnoxious people making michigan uncomfortable on third down versus as he calls them the cheese and wine crowd in the suites you can have both you can have somebody that wants and wants to spend to be in a suite and you can have the student section full throat losing their mind making it a true home field advantage you can have a hybrid, Elijah. Do you disagree?
3: Well, no, no. My, my take on the sweets is I, I'm in the exact same boat as Vic. Man, that wine and cheese crowd, they're going to be buying up the
2: club level. No, 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 wait. List, I'm not done yet. List, I'm not list, done list, yet.
3: List. I'm not done yet, okay? I am not. I haven't finished my point. It's true. As I sit there in my peasant seat in the stadium, I go, those wine and cheese snobs. But as soon as somebody texts me and says, hey, I got an empty seat in the suite. You want to come watch the game in the
2: suite? You
3: better believe you I'm watching absolutely. that game in the suite. <laughs>
2: You are it, it, you are you are hauling up to the suite. You're gonna have a, a Morgan and Coke, and <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna be like, man, the air smells better up here. That's where you're at. Don't kid yourself. And listen, the peasant seats, dude. There's it's awesome. It's awesome to to be able to take your kid to a game. And that's where the environment's where the best. Yeah, that where where it's South Stadium, where it's East, West, North, wherever you're at. The the in 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 the crowd amongst the masses is incredible. In in September, <laughs> right? Uh, asking Junior when when Papa Al took him to the Michigan State game in eighteen. Junior wearing his Spartan green. Junior's like, there was cold and my team lost. Like, suck it up, dude. <laughs> you went. So listen, uh, there's no wrong answer, but. The suite is if you listen, if you've had a chance to do it, it's, it's cool. And listen, I, I have I have I have not sat in the in the crowd for forever. So maybe I should shut my face. But I'm, I'm used to it there. And if there's an opportunity for for mama to earn some extra ones, I mean, maybe someday we'll get season tickets. I don't know. You have uh, Brennan. Uh Brennan chimes in from the Black Hills. Let's call it the The Tomater Club level. Yeah. And I and That's for that's for cable guy, yeah, right? Of course, of course.
3: And and, sure. and what I'll say about the club level seats is I know the general fan and most of the people who listen to this show aren't interested in the club level, whether you're priced out or whether that's just not your crowd. But think about the people that are funding, you know. The nil collectives that are paying the quarterback that are doing all those things. Where do those people want to sit? The people that uh, the donors of substance. To bring back a Steve Peterson quote.
2: Where did they actually? Want that's to sit? a Bill Byrne quote. That, that was Bill Byrne. Bill Byrne. It was Dollar Bill Byrne. It was it was donors of substance. And right now you're having uh, the average Joe fan say, "Well, fine. You're funding this nil. Go get a better quarterback." Okay, uh, Brad loved the Steve Peterson comment and sat in the 200 level with seat backs last week, zero leg room, like my section two bench, much better. So, Brad, yeah, I, I, I'll turn
3: sc- it back to you, Brad. If you're still there in the chat, what do you think of the concession stands and the bathroom lines behind that 200 level uh, seats? Though I've 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 sat in those seats before, and I tell you what, he's not wrong about the. Uh, the, the lack of leg room. You have a little more shoulder room. Lack of leg is real. Mm-hmm. But how about those concession stand lines? You can be in and out in two minutes of the concession stand. You can be in and out of the bathroom in two minutes. That is fantastic, and that's why I think I'm excited about with the South Stadium renovation, is you can get more areas like that where it's not a 15-minute wait in the concession lines, and it's not a 15-minute wait uh, to go to the bathroom. You can get in, you can get out, you can get back to the game. And uh, Brad, he does agree. That was great. The concession's... And the, uh, the, the bathroom part of the, the 200 level are fantastic, and I hope that kind of extends through the rest of the stadium with this renovation.
2: You have not lived until you've had someone's knee smack your back and you're peeing blood the next day. <laughs> I mean, that, that is part of the rite of passage. Jasper's stepdad on Twitter posted the unfortunate day, November 8, 1987, with Husker Bob having his heart attack. Uh, That was a sad day is what Jasper says. The guy also chimes in on Twitter at uh, HVarsity Radio. He says, do what the San Jose Quakes have done when it comes to fan setup. They've almost got a a berm area. It's a giant berm area behind one of the scoreboards. So that is an option. But let's talk Saturday for a minute. Elijah, does Nebraska got to keep it within the spread to bring some fans back in this season from an interest-level standpoint? I think we're at that point right now where you're paying attention, but your your emotional investment is waning, and it's absolutely waned this week because of the concern. The The buzz is down because you're concerned about getting your hopes up and then getting put out like a Marlboro Red. Mm. And, and that's, that's why you know football as a Nebraska fan base. You're worried about getting stomped by a really great football team that's supposed to win the national championship or at least compete for it.
3: And to talk about parallels here, the last time a top-five team played in Lincoln— was Ohio State <laughs> College Game Day was here? What was announced? What was announced in the week leading up to Ohio State, Nebraska? Oh, the new football facility, the Go Big project. Can you see some parallels between that week and this week here? Or, oh, we're going to announce a, a a renovation to Memorial Stadium. A top five team is coming to town on Saturday. I hope the result in the in the game on Saturday is different. But I can't be the only one that that my ears are a little bit perked there, and I'm kind of seeing some some resemblance between that Ohio State week and this Michigan week, the difference being there's no college game day or big noon kickoff in town this week.
2: I, I got to call uh, a, a quick question out to Vic. Back, back to the whole cheese and wine snob slash sweet versus the masses, okay? Because you're going to have both in the New South Stadium. You're going to have a section for the students to lose their mind, the band – uh, the folks that, that want to sit in the stands and then those, those folks that can a- a- afford the sweets. Vic, you, you drink. I mean, I I think if he was still with us, Pablo Escobar would be jealous of the tequila you drink, brother. <laughs> Michael Jordan would be jealous of the tequila you drink. So you like finer things. You like some nice things Well, wait. with... He said a little bit the, a little bit spent. later
3: that his his big problem is
2: it's a thousand voices that aren't making noise. You scream out the window. I, I, I think you did. Uh, eat beef says we all <laughs> we all need some therapy. Well, I don't disagree with that for a lot of the Nebraska fan base right now, just because of some. PTSD. Let's squeeze in a phone call if we have time. Who's with Pete? Pete, go for it. Pete, you got us? Go for it. Pete can't hear us. Hello? Pete's radio is is too loud. Pete, go for it, brother. Go go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, It's kind of a simple comment. Uh, You know, if we play... The next three years, like we played the last three years, they ain't going to have to worry about filling South Stadium. Very Very true. true. That's the question we started the show off with, the supply and demand need to meet. Pete, thanks for the phone call. Good observation. We'll wind down a road show next.
4: And now. And
2: now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time here at the Single Barrel, 9th and P, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow. We're powered by Hurt at Sports. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. It's where you find Elijah on Twitter. You can also follow the show at HVarsity Radio or watch us on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, 489-1240, 489-1240. If you're up in La Vista tomorrow, come see us. We're at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill, 4-6. to Tom Chattel going to be on site with us for a little bit. We'll check in with him. Brock Heward also going to be with us. Is Brock doing the game for Fox? Get his thoughts. Uh, We'll spend some time with the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, and uh, Jacob Padilla. We hope we can run Jacob down Busy night of high school football as well. Reminder to get buckled up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances? If you drink, don't drive a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or watch the whole thing on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Saturday, we want to see you out full force as we are at the bar, the bar, 1644. P Street, our dear friends Seth and Greg, you know them from Lazari's. You know them from the bar. Uh, we are out there noon to two ahead in Nebraska, Michigan, and then immediately following, Real Red Reaction, a live show at the bar. And I, I don't want to put a two and a half hour turnaround time on that, but who knows with both of these offenses, carrying. Big thanks to Brandon Vogel. Great thoughts on the stadium renovation. Great thoughts on Nebraska, Michigan. Incredible stuff from Gary Barnett and uh, Bill Bender as well, with some college football thoughts in uh, Nebraska, Michigan. So it's been interesting. We, we Thursday we spend a lot of time on on the matchup, but that's just not where the heartbeat is right now. We'll probably have more time on that Saturday. Probably more time on it tomorrow. Elijah, but the, the news that Trev broke out with $450 million, this plan, and Pete absolutely smoked it out of the park. If the next three years are like the last three years, that supply and demand thing is going to be a problem. Uh, that's why it's such a vital time for Nebraska. What do you think about where the Big Ten is going? Where's Nebraska at? 25 and 25 at home in Big Ten play. And uh, you need that home field advantage, and first and foremost, you need uh, talent on the field. You have some talent. You've got some talented coaching on the field. Now you just got to go make it happen, and it may be a little bit too soon for Nebraska to do that Saturday.
1: Yeah,
3: and we'll see. Because I, I think back to that 2021 season, and and the question in my mind right now is, can Nebraska create some juice even in a loss? And that kind of remains to be seen. But like think that Nebraska generated some juice whenever they traveled to Oklahoma back in 21 and and Ooh. took that Oklahoma team down to the wire generated some juice and it helped that you went and blew the doors off of Northwestern the following week. And that's what kind of led to as Vic just said that nineties like energy in Memorial stadium back whenever Michigan was in town back in 2021. And that's, that's a great thought. Can Nebraska generate some juice, even if they do lose on Saturday, it kind of depends on how you lose, but you're just waiting as a Husker fan, I said a couple of times a week, for that proof of concept that, hey, what Matt Rule's doing here can work. And I think you can get that proof of concept game in a loss to Michigan if you're able to keep it close. But I think that's what Husker fans want before they're going to be able to bring that juice back to Memorial State and the proof that Matt Rule is going to be the guy to get it turned around here.
2: Well, and Matt Rule has scared the hell out of some really good teams, even in year ones. So we'll see if that happens. Talk to you at the Hale Varsity Club tomorrow, uh, 4 to 6. See ya.
3: A Huda Media Production.